Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan, joined on the phone this week by Dave Watson. Hello, Paul. And also joined by the Canadian... I can't think of anything that rhymes with Canadian. The, uh, the Mounties Mountie, Fergus Craig. Hello. How are you both? Yeah. Fergus first, otherwise it gets confusing on these calls. I'm good. Yeah, I was interested by your, just before we started, you said, uh, let's crack on because I really need to get out of here. Um, which implied that you don't like the engineer. <laughs> there's tension, there's tension in the air. No, it's just late. And I'm missing the Champions right, League semi-final is. for this. I guess it is. Last time I checked, Ajax were winning. Yeah. Or as I insist on calling them, Ajax. Quite right too. Yeah, but you are a prick, aren't you? Yes. He's got you there. (laughs) (laughs) And speaking of... No, not speaking of pricks. uh, The game at the weekend, we drew one all with Brighton. It was such an uneventful game, I can't really remember what happened. So maybe, Dave, if you could sum up. Uh, Sure, I can sum up. I'm going to avoid cliches like the plague. Um... Isn't that a cliche in itself, or was that the point? That was kind of the point. Um, Definitely a great first half, shit second half. Um, We had like 68 possession in the first half, and the reverse, we had 32 in the second. Um, And I think it's fair to say that Perez's injury, his his early departure from the field, totally changed the game. Injured Um, hip as well, not one you see often. Yeah, it looks like... um, he went in for uh, a chance and um, and took a like took a knock to the hip, and it's a painful thing because it's on the bone. But um, I've read nothing other than he's not definitely ruled out for the Liverpool game, but he's not definitely going to be included. Um, but we were we were much much better with him on the pitch um, because one thing I didn't understand because um, he. Um, Benitez replaced Perez with Kennedy. Now, regardless of Kennedy being a bag of shit at the minute, he's just a totally different type of player. He's not a he's not a a, a little terrier that, that gets about uh, the opposition. He's he's a wide man who wants a bit of space and wants time on the ball and stuff. So I felt that was an odd one, especially when you've got Muto 
on the bench who hasn't played a lot, but neither has Kennedy. Yeah, it seems very hard for Muto to get involved, but he did come on. Did you, Fergus, did you see the game first and did you think Muto made much of a difference? I did see the game. I didn't really notice Muto. I only really remember noticing Muto not coming on in that instance, which I thought was a big time snub. Uh, When you think that, you know, that means he's sort of behind Almoron, Perez and Kennedy in the pecking order. It's hard to see which ones he well. would get on. And Atsu, of course. I, I thought it was quite funny the way uh, when Perez was injured, it seemed like for about 15 minutes he was shouting to the bench, no, I really am injured. <laughs> 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 and they really didn't want to bring him off. It made you feel like maybe he's got a bit of a reputation like Andy Murray does for just moaning a lot about being hurt and they didn't really believe him. Do you think he'd cried he wolf like, a few times before? Yeah, like because even when he scored, all he was doing <laughs> was complaining about his hip. Well, maybe they I think mean, every time he's scored before, he's been complaining about having sore ears. So they think every time he does any physical gesture, they assume it's a celebration and nothing to do with an injury. Or maybe they were saying... Listen, this is one of those months that you get once every two years where you score a little glut of goals. Stay on the pitch. For your <laughs> <laughs> um, mention his goal. Ah, what a brilliantly taken goal. A well-worked, you know, Dummett finding Rondon in the area, little chest down. Sweet as, you, sweet as a nut finish by Perez. And he's up to 12 for the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if that he, goal did look like the Brighton players had sort of, whoever was controlling them had gone to the toilet. <laughs> so they were just... It was, a very ni- it was a very nice goal, but it was also illustrative of how awful Brighton were in that first half. They I kept on thinking, we, we are bussing this. We yeah. look great. And then sort of remembering that Brighton were really not doing anything, not closing down anyone, certainly not attacking. But Yeah, they, they, I mean, they, they highlighted that on Match of the Day. They were showing how much space... I mean, it's fair enough, like, giving giving Paul Dummett space as he, as he advances because he's not renowned for his goal threat. But the amount of time and space they were giving John Joe Shelby, who, if nothing else, is renowned for being able to pick a pass if he's got time on the ball. And I have to say, Shelby had a decent game. Uh, he looked a bit leggy towards the end of it um, before, before he was taken off. But he, he had a decent game. And um, given that Diame's contract situation makes his um, selection in, like, in the next two games uh, more, more complicated than just pick the best person for the job... He might play against Liverpool. Um, he certainly did enough against Brighton, in my opinion, to to keep his place ahead of Diarme. I sort of wonder about Shelby because I think the way Brighton played was it was almost like an invitation to Shelby. It was exactly what he needs, and he's he still wasn't that amazing. I think he's still off at the end of the season. And I yeah. just think if he can't I, I think really you, light the game up with that amount of space, and that's all he's really got to his game, then I'm not really sure he did have a great game. But to be well, fair, how much he has he played this season? He's, yeah. he's you know what ten games or something, 
at most a couple of games in 2019. It's not surprising that he's sort of off the pace. But yeah, I agree. I think he probably is off this summer. Yeah. Um, just to briefly mention that his, um, we had a couple of penalty shouts. Um, Rondon bursting into the box. It looks like Bruno's clipped his heels, but it, I don't think there was an intent there. From, from yeah, Brighton that was defender. more a coming together of legs, I think, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, the one that I think was a penalty was um, when Shah, who is consistently popping up in the opposition box, it's bizarre. Um, also, being topical with... for this week, I would say Fabian Cher is he's our Jamie Lannister if we're going to put players in Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> you think? Yep. Calling okay. it. I don't get that reference. But, but there's but this TV on. show called Game of Thrones. It's really, right, it's really is it good. Is it like a game show? Yes. It's sort right. of like Bullseye, okay. but with chairs. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, th- I thought he, he was fouled in the box. Uh, I think had he taken a tumble rather than stumble but stay on your feet I think we would have got a penalty I yeah. also think if Perez had stayed on the pitch we would have been two or three goals up before maybe it's even before half time you know they they just looked ripe for for bending over and fucking one worry Jesus Christ one worry I was waiting for that sentence to finish quite differently I wasn't prepared for that <laughs> one worry I would say is that it only takes the loss of Perez and Almiron to show that we can be even more useless than Brighton. So sure, but then there's... if you... I was just going to say, if you, if you take two players who are that integral to any team and you take them out, the team's not going to play as well, unless it's Man City who've got a ridiculous amount of depth. But you look at you look at like um, Spurs. Spurs have lost Harry Kane and... They've been struggling up front with like uh, Fernando Llorente and um, Vincent Janssen was playing uh, on the weekend. So you, you lose two players, two key players like that, and any team will struggle. But yeah, we don't have a we don't have a plan B because we don't have the strength and depth. Yeah, we don't really have well, two it, players it, for every position. It's also the case that Brighton were were playing for their lives. They it was a very important game for them. And it mm. wasn't for us. And I'm guessing their performance in the first half might have been to do with their whole sort of um, strategy, which seems to be uh, sit off in the first half and then we'll try and nick a goal in the second half. Yeah. Seems to be their strategy. Yeah. But they, I imagine they got a bit of a rocket up them at half time and, and they were sort of fighting for their lives, whereas we yeah. just got players I think as well to their contracts. It yeah. probably wasn't the worst strategy for them because you look at the games we've traditionally struggled in, it's when teams have sat back because that's sort yeah. of what we like to do. So that's why we've become unstuck against Brighton before in pretty dreadful games. Yeah, I, but then you've also got to say that to do that job, to, to sit back and soak up the pressure, certainly against a team of our limited ability, you've got to put pressure on the ball in yeah. dangerous positions. And for all you, you might not... And get, you know, use a high press and and chasing down balls in our half. They weren't even pushing, like pressing us when we were in at, in their half. Like like I say, Dominic got, you know, he trotted forwards 
10, 15 yards into their half without anybody near him and was able to pick a pass. Now, I agree that might be, you know, maybe they were hoping to do a rope-a-dope, but that only really worked in the second half. And I think part of that is they brought on um, Solly Marsh, who, who had a really good game for them when he came on. And that's because they stretched the play a lot more and they were hitting a lot of diagonals to him, whichever flank he was popping up on. They were aiming for him. And, he, I mean, he was integral to, to them getting the equaliser. Um, I think I think perhaps Hayden and Dummett let themselves down there a bit. I think um, Hayden lost his man and Dummett didn't stop the... Just didn't stop the cross properly, um, but there were a few chances that came Brighton's way. Uh, Glenn Murray had an absolute golden chance to to win it for yes. Brighton, but he didn't put it away. And most of that it was all coming through Solly Marsh, and I just I don't think we we dealt with him when he came on. No, we I seemed... Hayden had a pretty good game. Oh, he did. Yeah, like over ninety minutes, Hayden played well, but that little that moment of miscalculation or, or distraction just cost us two points. I do think sure. we're going to miss Isaac Hayden if slash when he does go. I don't think any of us saw that being something we'd think about saying even six months ago. Is he definitely off? Mm. See, a couple of weeks ago I would have said, yeah, probably still going to be off. But not only has he been one of the first names on the team sheet, he, he seems to be enjoying his football. And I don't, I don't know now, maybe maybe he's had a change of heart or maybe he's been promised a move in the summer, which is why he's quite happy to graft. I don't know. He does the seem- thing is, there's so many players, there's so many players right now who could be off in the summer. Very few of them for significant transfer fees. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it, he's the sort of player that I would like to stick around as a very useful squad player. I think that's the problem, though. I, I don't think he'd want to stick around as a squad player. Sure, like if, yeah, he was, yeah, if he was playing week in, week out. But Well, from what he says, he, though, it's not even about the football. It's just personal reasons and his family. Like He wants yeah, to be closer to them. They don't want to move up to Newcastle, I think. I think his partner had a very difficult pregnancy. Yeah, and time of it afterwards, and I totally understand that. And yeah, that has to be chief in his mind. What I meant was, if he's playing for a mid-table side, playing week in week out at at Newcastle, that might be enough to make him say, "Fuck it, look, let me just <laughs> fuck do the family, fuck the family. <laughs> just let let me just do this for a little bit longer." And, and maybe we I'll... need a chant for him. Tell him to leave his family. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll Plenty of other footballers match. do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Some people, some footballers just fuck off with other footballers' families yeah. instead. Mm. Um, there's not really a lot else to talk about in the game. I no. Think, um, I, I think, yes, it was two points dropped, but the, the, the context of that was definitely Perez's departure. And also the rocket that Brighton got up them in the um, in the half time, so it's th- fine though because we're com- safe. Compare it to previous away games at Brighton as well. It's yeah. it's a step up to what we usually do. Yeah. Before and we, we leave, it just a, just a word on Fabian Share. 
Oh, just yes. to go back to that. Because it is mental how good he is suddenly. Yeah. It's like we've suddenly got Franz Beckenbauer or something. If he was English, <laughs> you would be quoted 35 million for him now. It's really yeah. the, One of the BBC pundits on the website, they were all doing their um, team of the year. One of them had him in their team, which I think might be stretching it a bit. Um, but, I wouldn't be that surprised. He's yeah. he's been eye catching. He's had a couple yeah, of yeah, exactly. eye catching. You go. Hey, wait, that's what it is. It's like, hang on, is he a centre back? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think the biggest problem that uh, that I have about that is that he's eye catching for the stuff that he's doing up the pitch. I still think he's sure. doing a good job defensively. But then, if you look at West Ham's two central defenders, um, uh, Sacco, is it Sacco? No, Obiang. I can't remember. Obiang. That yeah. Um, their two, anyway, their two centre-halves have been exceptional this season and haven't had a lot of praise coming their way because all they do is defend. You know, they, They've got no interest in, in turning up further up the pitch. And I think that's why Cher's getting the, the credit is because he's popped up with two goals and has looked dangerous going forward when perhaps other, other centre-halves haven't. That's what I like in a centre-half, though. Like you said before, oh, yeah. it's a... It's a uh, a cry back to uh, Philippe Albert. Yeah, yeah. Love uh, one of the one of the great joys is at some point during most games you're going to see Fabian Cher stride forward with the ball and go past at least one player, and that's your centre. He's also got. He's also got an unbelievable strike on him. Yeah, like the, just just with some of those long passes that he knocks, and 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 uh, he has obviously. Scored one screamer. I think he's got a a thirty yard free kick in him. Yeah, at some yeah. Point, I'd like to see that. Oh yeah, I'm still hoping that that Fabian Fabian Shaw chant takes off to the tune of Philippe Philippe but it hasn't yet. Maybe start it at home. Start with getting it getting it going in your house. <laughs> Get your wife singing it. Work from there. Build it slowly <laughs> out from Manchester. <laughs> Um, like like the wool industry. <laughs> Indeed. Um, is there anything else about the game? Because there, wa- there wasn't any great uh, interview after it where Benitez said anything new. There wasn't any controversial... No, that, there was that seems... player that was killed. That was the only other thing of <laughs> note. I think that's been covered in the press quite a bit, hasn't it, during the game? Yeah. It's weird. Weird the way it mm. happened. But uh, no, <laughs> I think that's that's everything for that. Shall we have a quick ad break then? And we'll talk more about Newcastle and your listener questions after these messages. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. Hello and welcome back to the Newcastle Natter, hopefully still here and not infuriated into leaving by those messages are Dave Watson and Fergus Craig, hello. Hi. Hello. Oh God, you're both still there, thank God. Good break? Oh yeah, really good. Yeah, I looked at some Newcastle stats, it was, it was great fun. It's on brand. I cooked a lasagna. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing the, the listeners don't realise. When we take a break here, it's so that a team can come in and record an advert, and they have to do several takes, then they have to edit it. 
and then we come back in and record the second half. So it's now midnight. Yeah, but you know we're all happy to be here. Um, I was just going to say that um, we're actually doing a little better points-wise than we were last season, mm. which is surprising. We're on uh, forty-two now. Um, we finished on. Um, I think we finished on forty-four, 44 last season. Yeah. yeah. So one more win, and we've improved on that. Um, I think maximum we can get is forty-eight, and even if we do get forty-eight, that's not going to be good enough to get us into um, the top half. Um, so I'd, I'd expect us to end up roughly where we are now, roughly about thirteenth. You've got West Ham and Palace um, around us, uh, but they've got two fairly easy games um, Southampton and Watford for West Ham uh, Cardiff and Bournemouth for Palace so you'd expect them to get at least three points and if they do we, we can't really catch them um, Yeah, I think table wise we're in what I like to call Mike Ashley's sweet spot where yeah. no danger of going down and no danger of getting above our station and being a top half Premier League team yeah. Which I think if he could take that every well, season, he would. Well done, Mike. Yeah, another victory. <laughs> um, Shall uh, we go on I to think... listener questions or is there any anything else we should be covering? Did you see the Mitrovic thing? I've not really seen much about this, but the signing of him is being investigated. We seem to be investigated for stuff quite a lot. Has anything yeah. happened yet about that inland revenue thing? I've I've not heard or seen anything. I've been, you know, deliberately keeping an eye out. Um, but it, it, it on could the tax be blogs, the, yeah, just looking, just looking out the window <laughs> every day. Mate, <laughs> every day, mate. Any news? <laughs> Sharing with strangers. I, I don't know what that means for us. Um, I don't know if that means that something something awful is around the corner which for a Newcastle mm. fan is what we kind of expect well the Anderlecht um, training ground was among five addresses searched by police on Wednesday as part of an ongoing investigation into money laundering involving football agents and apparently one of the deals is the Mitrovic to Newcastle one jeez that sounds like it could be more the agents that are in trouble rather than yeah. the club I would hope uh, if not, we could be going through a uh, uh, Chelsea-style transfer embargo, in which case Isaac Hayden no can definitely stay. Yeah, <laughs> Mind you, I think we've had quite a few self-imposed transfer embargoes <laughs> recently. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think we'd notice the difference, really. Mm. Right, I'm going to get on to listener questions. I should have had this queued up, really. Okay. Do you want uh, me to yeah, you go for it, Dave. Um, so I'll start with ever reliable Bedford Mag. Um, he, he's got a, he's got four questions. Um, he says, uh, with Rafa looking likely to go, which numpty will we get in to replace him? Ooh. Don't know. It'll be yeah. someone shut. I wouldn't write off David Moyes. Yeah. I can't. I can't envision Ashley coming up with uh, like an unknown, like a Nuno Espirito Santo. I know he wasn't unknown, but you know what I mean. Like I can't see him looking outside of Britain for the next manager of Newcastle United. It no. could be 
It could be Moyes. It could be Alex McLeish. I don't know, but it'll be... Speaking of that, you know when... Um... A few years ago, I remember there was a lot of talk about Remy Gard. Like, we really wanted Remy Gard. Yeah. He was, like, mm. the fans' favourite. Do you know where he manages now? <laughs> no. He manages the Montreal Impact. <laughs> <laughs> My I local can't... team, wow. who are uh, really bad in the MLS. Uh, so, yeah, it's fair to say if, you know, we miss out on the next Guardiola there <laughs> no although um, I still wouldn't be surprised if we went for Remy Gard this is the annoying thing you look at the manager we've got at the minute and you just think why aren't you doing everything to keep him yeah for, for a club like Newcastle United Rafa Benitez is the best manager that we could employ like in terms of with our current quality, owner yes I would say you look at other clubs, not only better than Benitez, but like the Nuno Spirito Santo or the, the Watford manager, you sort of think there are left field options out there who could do a job, but they wouldn't come to us. Mm. No. Uh, he also asks, um, what the fuck has happened to Kennedy? So much promise, but he's failed to deliver. Uh, I don't know. I, I think maybe the, the one half of the season that he played well for us I think he was playing for a better contract at Chelsea or maybe trying to play himself into the team it looks like he, he he's, every time he gets the ball he looks like he's trying to score himself to yeah. the detriment of the team and I mean we saw it in the Brighton game the, the ball fell to him wide on the left and he could have put in a cross for uh, Rondon I think it was Richie I'm not sure and he, he he lashed at it. It was just such a fucking waste. I do sort of think at this stage of the season, with safety kind of assured, there's not really much point playing him. Who's the? Is it Barlaser, the winger who played in the cup for us? Daniel Barlaser. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's played, but then he's played quite a few games in the centre of the park. So I don't know. I don't know where he. If if he were to play, I don't know where you'd play him. But yeah, I've got absolutely no problem. Throwing a from someone like Barlazer in or Barlazer, um, uh, he asks: Should Muto give a start? Um, should Muto get a start? The fans are giving him shit for nothing. He's a good player. Well, I, think, I don't think we know if he's a good player or not. Yeah. But I don't think he should be getting shit because he hasn't really had a chance. Uh, in the two games that are left, I don't really know if it's worth giving him the start maybe on the last day sort of depends yeah if Perez is if Perez is injured mm. then uh there's not much harm giving him a start I feel like we have not that Premier League clubs really think about this much but because we're playing Liverpool next game I feel like we have a sort of like responsibility to feel the strong yeah and Benitez strikes me is the kind of man who would be professional in in, in a game like this he's not gonna you know there's, there's no point in us resting players because we've got nothing to play for. So play your best best team and try and get the, the result. Um, the last question that Bedford asks is, will our fans ever really be happy? Well, I think that's a case by case basis, isn't it? More dependent on their own on their own uh, relationships and their personal <laughs> lives. And their uh, I think we need to do and, a and, survey and, around the stadium. Are you happy? Are you happy? Are you happy? <laughs> 
Do you think Bedford Mike's projecting a bit there? <laughs> Possibly. Bedford, are you unhappy? Do you want to hug me? In terms of our happiness with the club, I think if we had a couple of seasons right now where we were in the top six, then I think our fans would be um, delighted. Coming on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I think you can you can you can boil it down even better than that. You can just say if we had a if we were showing ambition. I think the Newcastle fans would be happy. It's it's the lack of ambition that's killing us. It's not the it's not the failing to succeed. It's the not trying. Yeah, I think we do. We'd follow this a similar route to um, to fans of most other clubs. I just think we're a bit more uh, extreme in our emotions. So as the ambition was showing and things started to go better, we'd enjoy it more than most fans of other clubs. But then. Like most fans, we go through the phase where we like we should be pushing for Champions League, or we should be. It would yeah. just go more and more until yeah. we were like Arsenal yeah. fans. <laughs> we remember when we finished fifth under Robson, and that was the end of him because we we didn't think it was good enough and thought he'd lost the dressing yeah. room. We're not. Yeah. We're not immune to that. No. No. Um, then more. we've got another question from. Oh, you go on, Paul. I've got Thomas Burke in here. Yeah. We must be the only podcast out there. This is what we can offer uniquely. We will answer every single one of your questions <laughs> with zero editing. Yeah. Thomas Birkin's done two tweets as well. So we won't just answer right. one of your questions. Like Throw as many yeah. as you want it as, and we'll answer them. Yeah. Has Rafa completely misjudged Kevin and Barbu? Have we all? He says... He won the Swiss League and is now joining Wolfsburg, a Bundesliga club pushing for Europe and willing to pay €8 million Euros for him. It yeah, feels like he would be handy to have around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'd, I'd, yeah, absolutely have him in our team now. He was linked with Man U recently, wasn't he, as well? I think that was because he was catching the eye and it's easy journalism to link him with a football club in the UK. Um I, I don't think it was wrong to for him to go at the time because I don't think he was going to he wasn't going to be guaranteed playing time and it, his his career would have stagnated so I wouldn't be a hundred percent surprised if he was actually pushing for a move out of Newcastle because um, I mean in the, the the brief appearances I saw he looked good but um, he wasn't yet at at first team level in my opinion so I don't think yeah. he's misjudged in Barbu we just couldn't give him the game time at the time it does seem to be if you're a kid with Rafa it's harder to get in there I mean you look at Sean Longstaff's the only one who really broke in and that purely happened because of an injury crisis where we didn't have enough bodies yeah uh, otherwise Sean Longstaff not happened, happened yeah he wouldn't he wouldn't be anywhere season, near but... the first team so I think there is a legitimate concern there about Benitez's willingness to play kids yeah, I wonder though, would he be more willing to give kids their chances in the Premier League if we were comfortably mid-table throughout the season, and he had the, you know, a way to a way to Huddersfield? Yeah, we'll we'll place we'll we'll rotate the squad, give everybody a bit of a rest, and play some kids. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's true. I think it's true all over the Premier League, though, isn't it? The kids very rarely get a chance. Yeah, yeah, that's why because managers so are less secure, and, yeah. and and every point is so important. 
Yeah, which I was just going to say, that's why you've seen so many of the, the young English footballers going over to Germany because they know they're going to get game time, which is why like, Jaden Sancho's tearing up that league. Yeah. But he would not have got that chance at, at Man City, even though Man City's, you know, the age of Man City squad is a very young squad. I think that's a, uh, good, yeah. a fair point. Thomas Birkin also asks or says, would love Rafa to stay, but for his own good, I wish him to join a more ambitious club. And quite frankly, Rafa has wasted it in UFC. To stay in the league and reach the fourth round of the FA Cup every other year, we don't need a manager like Rafa. Thomas, are you okay as well? <laughs> Be worried everyone's. I mean, Jesus, we only threw away ourselves. Brighton. We didn't. Uh, um, I, I think that. Benitez, if he does go in the summer, um, he'll have a whole host of offers and he'll be able to pick and choose the ones that he wants to go to. And yeah, if if an ambitious Premier League club came in for him, I don't doubt that he would consider it. But I I think that we're the best marriage for him, apart from Mike Ashley. I hope of the offers he's given, I hope the one he takes is Strictly Come Dancing. (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to see that as well I'd like to see that just yeah. for a year see if he can get yeah. it up the ratings take it as yeah. far as he can then move on to a bigger dance show <laughs> yeah <laughs> like Dancing with the Stars any more questions um, there's a few is it uh, at Trust Interest and asks is it time for Rafa to change his tune he should. Uh, I think he's saying he should speak out publicly about what he wants with specifics and say it's and say it's fair that if the fat man doesn't want it, fair's fair, he will leave. Happy that he placed Newcastle halfway through his expectations. I don't really follow that, but um, I think what he's saying is, is it time for for Rafa Benitez to come out and publicly say, I want control over the transfers I want about 60 million quid plus whatever I make from selling players I want this 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 and this I want to be able to sign 29 year olds if I so desire I want all of this I think he's I think that's what um Tristan Tristan's asking it's like if he made that power play would it work and I don't think it would he sort of already has but the problem with our owner especially is that Demands like that have no effect on what he'll do. Yeah, and I don't. I don't think you can like get into absolute specifics in public. I just, I no, don't think that's going to work. It's just he said effectively what he needs, which is you know he's ambitious to <coughs> at least challenge for that you know sort of top eight. He's mm. basically said that, hasn't he? Yeah, um, and uh, and he's said what everyone knows is that you need more money to do that yeah um, Andy Sheldon's asked uh, whether we pull off a miracle and keep Rafa or not do you realistically see us signing anyone at all in the off season yeah I do regardless of whether we keep Benitez or not we will sign people just because that's what football clubs do on the whole I can only think of Tottenham might happened. end up yeah it might end up being Lee Catamore I think we'd go back to that model of signing sort of promising, lightweight, European, unproven attacking midfielders. Yeah. And then getting the worst out of them. Yeah. Uh, He also asks, are we swapping Rondon for Gale or are we just going to have Gale back? 
Fuck, like a straight swap would be brilliant. What is going on there? Sounds like a hen night outside. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> um, yeah, is that at your place, Paul? No, that's at Dave's. <laughs> I'm in a library. Yeah. No, it is here. Um, uh, could we do a straight swap for Rondon and Gale? Uh, I'd love it, but apparently there's a there's a clause in the the deal that we have with West Brom where we can sign them for sixteen million pounds unless they get promoted, in which case it goes up to twenty one. Um, I, think I don't think we'd promoted, spend sixteen on him anyway, just because of his age. We should, I, but yeah, I think if Benitez goes, we're, we're not signing Rondon. Yeah, if Rondon stays, Surely that's probably got... a sign that Benitez is definitely staying. Because of the amount of goals that Scale has scored. But see you, all right, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> because of the amount of goals that Dwight Gale has scored for West Brom, surely they'll be... Uh, we have some uh, pulling power there. They'll be wanting him. Unfortunately, they've also... He's said that if... West Brom don't get promoted he like if if West Brom fail to get promoted he doesn't want to stay at West Brom so how does this work well maybe we... he needs to uh, maybe it's time for him to realise that he's very much a championship striker <laughs> but then if West Brom do get promoted maybe West Brom would realise that and not want him yeah it's catch 22 yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what we should have done is pay the pay the fee in the January window yeah. Just like before, before their promotion was was even in question, whether or not they were coming up, just pay the sixteen million quid because at the end of the season, you know they could like we could offload them if we need to, and yes, it might have cost us. You know, we might have only got like ten million quid back from him or whatever, but he's been worth six million quid plus wages. Um. There is one more question, and it's, I think it's really important that we take this one seriously. It's uh, from at Gallabrains. Uh, Michael Galloway asks, when I listen to the pod, I'll be on the plane to Tenerife, so could you address the burning issue? When you're ordering the three big takeaways, pizza, Chinese, and Indian, what are your staple orders, and in what order do you put them? Least favourite to first. Muchos gracias. Ooh. Are they the big three, pizza, Chinese, and Indian? Yeah, I'd say I suppose so. so yeah, yeah, except for maybe fish and chips. Mind you, there's not much variation of order in fish and chips. There isn't much variation there. Uh, Ooh, who's going first? It's a big issue. I'm not sure I'm quite ready for it. Feels like, it feels like we need a new episode for this. <laughs> <laughs> I would absolutely have an Indian first. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably with you. Chinese would be last for me. In fact... Yeah, I'd agree with that. This is, this is going to shock you. I don't think I've ever had a Chinese takeaway. Good grief. Yeah. Through choice. I've not been not been sheltered from it. I don't like Chinese. I, that shook me to my core. Yeah. When was the last time you ate Chinese food? Mm. Uh, oh, it was Chinese New Year this year. Oh, yeah, like... Well, because everyone has it on Chinese New Year. <laughs> New Year. <laughs> I went to Chinatown for Chinese New Year and had it then, so whatever month that was. But you didn't like it? No, I didn't mind that. It's Chinese takeaway you like, Chinese. You were like, I fucking hate Chinese, but I'll... 
Chinese takeaway Chinese is is always... (laughs) I do have respect to the nation once a year, of course. (laughs) There's something about Chinese takeaway Chinese I find just really full of MSG and it it disagrees with me. I know what you mean. I'm not a big fan, but I feel like I need to give it another chance. Well, you do that. I'll do. I'll do. I'll celebrate the Chinese in my own way. Okay, it fluctuates for me, but yes, I would normally be probably Indian first, then pizza, then Chinese. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, fair enough. But it depends on the quality of the uh, takeaways available in my memory. Yes. Uh, but we're saying which that? dish as well. So which curry would be top on your Indian? Oh, fucking hell. I mean, we're going deep. Lamb, Rogue, lamb Rogue and Josh. Ooh. I like a, naan, I've got into no a garlic rice. chicken recently. I've started going naan and no rice. Yeah. Did I introduce you to that? No. Found it on my own. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I might work, get a takeaway tonight, actually. There's a local Indian here that uh, does just veg, veg, vegetable curry. So <laughs> you say just vegetable curry. Is, yeah. <laughs> vegetable curry is really good. Just that. That's what it's called. Vegetable curry. <laughs> <laughs> is that all they do? It's good. No, no, they do more than that. But that's my... (laughs) I'd be more keen to eat a vegetable curry than a quote-unquote meat curry. Yes. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if he's going to Tenerife, if he could bring back another IOEZ Paris for 1.5 million... Nice. Then that'd be great. That was well done. That's all the questions. I feel like on that note of professionalism, we should probably leave it. Oh, we've got Liverpool on Saturday, haven't we? We should cover <laughs> yeah. that. Speaking of professionalism, um, it's at the so, the time I don't think I've ever seen a football game before, Saturday night, 7.30. Yeah, it's weird. I, I can't watch a game when the lottery's on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Liverpool have lost one game in the league all season. Um I can't see that changing on Saturday day. But then people um, said that about Man City and look at the only game they've lost in well, the yeah, last 20. We're missing and Almiron. Us, and, yeah. yeah, we're missing Almiron and maybe Perez. So if we were full strength, yeah, I could see us nicking a 1-0 or something, but without any attacking outlet of note. Because Rondon will just be totally isolated. And against Virgil van Dijk, he's gonna get he's gonna have to accept the fact he's gonna get a, he's barely gonna get a kick all game. Well, despite going on a couple of rants against Liverpool uh last year, I actually really want them to win the title. I found I found I know a lot most Newcastle fans don't care. But I I really want them to win the title. Oh, I mean, I watching the game, I'll find myself supporting us. But I can yeah. really see us. I can really see us getting a result. I know, same here. And me being disappointed by the... Oh, after a while, being disappointed by the consequences of that. I think it'll be irrelevant anyway, because I think Man City will win their remaining games. Yeah, I, do, I do fancy us to do all right. See, I think, I think we'll... We'll put up a, a you know a, a good performance and we'll a solid defensive display, but we'll lose one or two nil. I think Liverpool's problem is that a Man City are going to win the next two games and 
that will guarantee them the, the title. But I also think Liverpool have got it in them to slip up against Wolves. Yeah. True, yeah. Um, the only the only thing in our favour really is that Liverpool play um, Barcelona on Wednesday, which is tomorrow for us. It might be now as you're listening to it. So they might pick up injuries to key men or they might be knackered from chasing shadows. Um, they might be full of tapas. They might be full of tapas. Is it an away yeah. game? Mm-hmm. The Barcelona? Yeah. yeah. You can get tapas so, yeah. in Liverpool anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so my, my prediction for the next game is going to be a 2-0 loss. I think we're going to win. I'm going to go 2-1. I think it's going to be 1-1 one, one. Mm-hmm. and I also think on the title I also think Man City will actually slip up in one of their remaining two games mm-hmm. but I think they'll still win the league like that's that's where I'm at wow. so I, don't, I actually don't think Man City have been that good what uh, of late <laughs> not of late <laughs> like they, they won their last game by like millimetres didn't they what was it I suppose oh, yeah they yeah, really won that they, they very e- yeah but it's it's it was kind of they very easily could have lost that game or or drawn, drawn it. it. Yeah, and it's not but, one of those things where you say they just uh, they made it happen when they needed to needed it to. They were lucky to win that game. Anyway. I, well, I think I think that's a that's a narrative that's been played out in the British press. Certainly, that that Man City was somehow fortunate that the ball definitely crossed the line. I, I don't buy that. They were absolutely battering Burnley, and it was partly last-ditch defending, partly a good goalkeeping performance. And I, no, I think Man City have been brilliant this season. And case in point, they're doing—they're currently doing better than Liverpool are, and Liverpool have been getting all the plaudits. So Man City can't have been doing poorly because they're doing better than Liverpool. Who? Well, I guess I've just been swept up by the narrative from the British press, haven't I? Well, you, you, you know, you want. What's to the do narrative that, in the Canadian press about the title race? Yeah, yeah they won't shut up about it. <laughs> um, no, I. Yeah, all right, fine. Overall, this season, both Man City and Liverpool have been incredible. Yeah, I'm just saying. In the last few games, I think they've both looked like they could drop points and somehow happen. Yeah, Liverpool just had that spell where they. Bottled it and got too many draws, but then yeah. Man City. I think it was like Man City feel like Ivan Drago in Rocky Four, just relentless. They don't. They doesn't don't feel he, like doesn't team, he lose though at the end of Rocky Four? Sure, he we're does, not at the end so. of the season yet though. Very close, Paul. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, on that on that note, <laughs> I think we should probably <laughs> tie it up. But uh, thank you very much to everyone for sending their questions in. And please do Mm. keep doing it. Otherwise, we'll have even less to talk about. And as you can probably tell, we're we're stretched thin in terms of uh, (laughs) talking points. In fact, we managed to get most engaged about takeaways, tells you a lot. (laughs) But uh, yes, thank you for listening. And thank you very much to you, Dave Watson. Cheers, Paul. And thank you to you, Fergus Craig. Thank you. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. The Newcastle Natter is back for the season by Labrooks. 
This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.